Welcome to POP. My name is Pastor Tony Katko, and this is a shortened version of our sermon from June 5th. This past Sunday was Pentecost, which is a big day for Christians because it marks the birth of the early church back in the book of Acts. Now, Pentecost, before it was a Christian day, was already a Jewish festival. And like all these major festivals, Jews from all over the Roman Empire would come together in Jerusalem to celebrate. So they all shared the same faith, but they had different languages and different cultures. So while this diverse Jewish crowd is gathered, the disciples are hiding away in this room together. They're waiting for God to do something. And then God does. And suddenly, from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. So the crowd comes to see what is going on over here, and the apostles start to preach to the crowd, and amazingly, everyone can understand in their own language. Now, not everyone is convinced by what they hear, but a lot of them are. The text says that that day, 3,000 people were baptized and added to the number of the church. And after that, every day, more people were coming to join this movement. And all of this was sparked by the amazing things the Holy Spirit did on that day of Pentecost. Now, even though this is a cool story, there's a problem with it. I don't think we really know what to do with this kind of spirit story. Because the spirit moving around sounds really great, but I don't know about you, I've never seen something like that. So we tend to kind of assume, well, this must have been a one-time event. But if we think that the Holy Spirit showing up is a one-time thing, we're missing the point. I think the point for us is supposed to be that that same spirit is still at work today. That spirit is still around us. It fills us up. It lets us do amazing things. We just don't always see it for what it is. Now, part of how I know that Pentecost wasn't a one-time thing is because it's not actually the first time in the Bible that the Holy Spirit does something like this. There's a story not too many people know about, I think, in the time of Moses, where God does something very similar. So the people of Israel are being led in the wilderness by Moses, and they're surviving on manna, this bread from heaven. But the people start to get ticked off because they're tired of just bread. And so they start yelling at Moses, tell God to give us some meat. We want a nice steak. And so Moses goes to God with this request and God says, you know what, I'm gonna surprise you and you are going to get your meat before you even know it. But Moses pushes back. He says, look God, you don't get it. This crowd is out of control. They're not gonna believe me. I'm not gonna be able to calm them down. I can't handle this on my own. So here's what God does. This is Numbers chapter 11, starting in verse 24. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered 70 of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on Moses and put it on the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested on them, they prophesied. So Israel is in this time of crisis and they need more leaders than just Moses. So God takes this spirit of the Lord and pours this Holy Spirit out on these 70 elders, basically normal people. And they start to lead. They talk to the crowd and calm them down. Now these elders, they aren't the best of the best. 
They're just normal people who rise to the occasion when their community needs them. But the best part of the story is what happens next. There are these two guys, Eldad and Medad, and they weren't at the main tent where all this was happening. But the spirit, the spirit of leadership, comes to them too, and so they preach to the people around them. But Joshua has a problem with this. So Joshua is next in line to lead the people of Israel after Moses. Joshua's a big deal. But he is so bothered and threatened by these random leaders rising up that he tells Moses to stop them. But here's what Moses tells Joshua in response. Joshua, why are you jealous on my account? I wish that all God's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Because that's what we need in a crisis. We need more leaders to rise up. There's so many ways where it feels like this world is in crisis right now. And maybe all of us, at least most of us, are frustrated with our leaders. Why won't our leaders do more? And maybe part of the answer is that God wants more of us to rise up as those leaders. It's like we're waiting on God to fix our problems. God just fix mass shootings, fix mental health, fix racism, fix political corruption, on and on. But what if God is waiting on us to rise up with this spirit that is already here and become those leaders we wish we could see in the world? We all want the world to change in these big ways, but any big change, it always starts small. It starts with normal people having experiences that start to open their hearts and their minds. So one summer, I was a counselor for Trinity Seminary's summer sampler program. So high schoolers would come and experience some learning and life at the seminary, and we would take them around to places in the city for some experiential learning. And one evening, we took this group of high schoolers to visit a Sikh temple. And when we walked in, we were greeted by this friendly older woman. We explained who we were and why we were there. And it didn't take long for us to figure out she had no idea what we were talking about. Not just she didn't know why we were there, she spoke no English at all. But she was very friendly and she was gesturing and eventually we figured out she was wanting us to take off our shoes and so we did. Then she got out these scarves for us to cover our heads and led us into this other room. And we sat there and waited and waited. We were hoping this contact would show up. And it turns out that he got his dates crossed and he was out of town. So no one knew why we were there. And eventually, a few people showed up for their small midweek worship service. And after the service, two of the people came to talk to us. One was a truck driver who had never been there before. He was just stopping by to worship on his way through. And the other was a mother of two, just a normal member of the congregation there that night to worship. And as we told her why we were there, she lit up and she said, oh, that's great. I would love to tell you about our faith. And she showed us around this temple. She gave us the history of the Sikh religion as best she could. She explained what we were doing in worship. And then, as we were thanking her, she said, Oh, you can't leave yet. First, you have to eat. And so she came and sat us next to this open kitchen. And we watched as she started to mix up dough. And she cooked these flatbreads right in front of us. And she got out dips and heated soup and tea. 
And all of a sudden we had this delicious meal, one of the best meals I've ever had, just thrown together on the spot. It was without a doubt the most gracious display of hospitality that I have ever experienced. Later on, someone in our group said, wouldn't it be great if our churches welcomed people the way that this woman had welcomed us tonight? Now I know that the Spirit was at work that night. And I mean, things didn't even go to plan. This wasn't the way it was supposed to work out and it was amazing. But the thing I love about this is it wasn't some pastor or religious leader that made this happen. It was this normal woman who saw a chance to rise up and be an ambassador of her faith. You see, we all want the world to change in these big ways, but changes always start small. They start by being ambassadors of our faith, by showing hospitality, by serving and loving in our community. Those are the ways that we let this Spirit of God come alive in us. Because the reality is, the same Spirit that was around with Moses, was around with Jesus, and was around at Pentecost, that same Spirit is here with us today. So the question I want to leave you with is, how will you let this Spirit work in your life? Amen. Thank you.